Hi, my name's Taylor Chapman, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Let's actually jump right on in there, and let's see what God has in store for you with today's message. Many churches today function out of a mindset that living a defeated life just makes people think you are more holy or better than other people. We have the biggest churches in the history of the world. They are creating productions to entertain people. We have more technological savvy churches that would rival any mainstream media production out there. There are churches every week claiming the highest number of salvations in the history of American churches. But here is the deal. There are 340 million people in the United States and every year churches in America claim over 100 million new salvations. How do the numbers line up? They don't. So there is confusion in the church. On one hand, there are churches stating that we're in the greatest revival that we've ever been in. On the other hand, there is dysfunction in the body of Christ that it rivals any other time in American history. There is confusion in the church. People in the church are seemingly held back in bondage more than those who are not in the church. On one hand, the church is at the highest numerical value that we've ever seen. On the other hand, the church is the most spiritually depleted that it's ever been. We can make the excuse, well, it's because there's so many new salvations and so many new converts, and so that's why there's baby Christians everywhere. Maybe so, or maybe the message that is being presented is a message written to draw people in and not to offend anyone. Let's make sure that we are relevant and make people feel good because if we can make them feel good about themselves, then that will surely get them to come back and attend our church. We would, we would, we would rather teach a gospel outside of total surrender because that's more easy for the people to abide by. I was attending an online seminar about church marketing in the last few months. The latest and the greatest church marketing strategy being led by former pastors and church staff members that are leading literally thousands of churches in America on how to market their church. And this is what they tell you. Cast the largest net to get the most amount of people. Make sure everything is generic and not offensive. Prioritize their feelings more important than their faith. That'll get them in the door. Today, they are implying if we want to build a large church, we have to compromise the word of God because the Holy Spirit is called the comforter and the comforter who is known as the comforter will offend somebody. And they're afraid of the Holy Spirit not being able to do his job, so they're trying to do the job for him. Today, I want to remove some misconceptions that you might have of this church. I want to be very clear and do my best not to speak in between the lines. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. No, say, I'm really, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. In this church, the Holy Spirit is free to do whatever he wants to do. The kingdom of God has made available to every believer everything you need to sustain your life on this side of heaven. We don't need gimmicks. We don't need to sugarcoat the truth. If the Bible says it, that finalizes it. We are a spirit-filled church leading people to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. And what that means is when you have the understanding that you are the righteousness of Christ, you are destined to live that out to the full 
fullness of why you occupy this earth. Give God the biggest shout of praise you can because we will not back down. The kingdom, the kingdom of God has health. The kingdom of God has prosperity. The kingdom of God has right relationship, wisdom, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, mercy. How to build your business, it's in the Bible. How to have a great marriage, it's in the Bible. How to develop your children, it's in the Bible. How to have everything the kingdom of God has given you already, it's in the Bible. But for a while now, there are preachers that teach the kingdom of God is not sufficient enough for you. That there is lack for some reason in the kingdom. God has not called you to be poor. I am not a prosperity gospel teacher, but I am a believer that the Bible says that you have not because you ask not. The Bible says in Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all of my needs, so therefore I do not have to operate in lack. When Jesus came to the earth and lived his life for three and a half years in ministry, he went to the cross and rose from the dead for your salvation and mine. A price had been paid for your penalty of sin and mine. The Bible says that Jesus took just a few of the sins on the cross. The Bible says that Jesus took all sin upon him, implying what Jesus did on the cross for you and I was enough. You cannot add to what he did, you cannot take away from what he did. If you say there is not enough for you, then what Jesus did on the cross is not sufficient for you. All right. We have this teaching philosophy, thank you, being taught either purposefully or unintentionally today that we are not able to walk in everything that God has done for us. Pastors say the miracles happened back then. That, that happened in the Bible days. They, they say that that only happened for a, a special, select, elite group of people and we don't have that today. Um, the apostles died and all that died with them. Which brings us to the text that we are going to read in Luke 19, 13. It's not on, it's on your notes. Jesus said in Luke 19, 13, Occupy until I come back. Remember that, those words. Occupy until I come back. Jesus, in every sense of the word, defeated Satan. Jesus has all power over him. You may be thinking, well, it sure doesn't seem like it because on every Thursday I seem to get attacked and on some Tuesdays aren't too hot either. So if Jesus already defeated Satan, why do I have to go through what I'm going through? So we have a warfare that needs to take place, a warfare against spiritual forces. But listen to me closely. Our spiritual warfare is not to win, but to occupy. Our spiritual warfare is not to win, but to occupy. Jesus already did everything on the cross that needed to be done. He defeated Satan, he won the battle, but if we could all walk in everything that was meant for us to walk in, why do so many people live defeated lives? It is because we live in a satanic kingdom that Satan has dominion over, and Jesus said in Luke, you need to occupy until I come and get you. Let me say it again, our spiritual warfare is not to win, but to occupy. I'm gonna make this as clear as I can for you. We are to occupy the territory taken, 
in the victory of what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus said to occupy until I come. So everything that Jesus purchased at the cross, my warfare is to walk in what was purchased, not to live defeated. Jesus already won it. We need to warfare when they operate inside of what was already won. Listen to me. Moses stood barefoot in front of a bush that would not be consumed by fire, and God says, Moses, I have already given you a land. Here we have Moses, a fugitive from justice, been running for 40 years. God told him, I have already given you this land, but it took 40 years to occupy the land that was already given to him. The land was already his, but he didn't occupy it. The victory of whatever you are facing is already yours. You just haven't learned to. Your healing is yours. Have you occupied it? Your abundance is yours. Have you occupied it. We are fighting to occupy everything that has already been won through the blood of Jesus. You're going to have to learn which battles are worth fighting. Your enemy will have you swinging at battles that bring no spoils. Come on now. You are expending great amount of energy on battles that will not bring you to the place where God has called you to be. You are telling yourself, I am depressed. I am defeated. Nothing ever works out in my favor. My kids always make bad choices. My parents were so terrible to me. What are you doing? You're walking in defeat because you are lazy and you made bad decisions and you are prophesying your future by the power of your words. That is the goal of Satan, to get you to live in a mindset of poverty so you can just keep on thinking survival rather than abundance. You guys aren't even ready for this stuff, are you? If God has called you to occupy something, that means you already have everything in you. God has already put everything that needs to be in you to process and to possess what it is that you are to occupy. If you are troubled in addiction, I have news for you. You can walk in victory of that addiction because Jesus already paid the price for you to occupy your health and your victory over that addiction. You just haven't learned to occupy what has already been given to you. Today we start a series called Kingdom Come. I'm gonna spend a couple of weeks laying foundation and then we're gonna rock and sock in this place. You're not gonna wanna miss any week because today and next week is just foundation. And so I got to get your minds, get to a place where you get to where we're going, and then we're just going to run, and you're going to be like, whoa. All right, if we want to see the kingdom of God come, we first must first understand what the kingdom is, how the kingdom operates, what are the protocols of the kingdom, what rights do I have in the kingdom? If you can grab a hold of what we're going to be talking about, then I believe in this atmosphere of this church, there will be revelation that you have that you, if you can take it, and run with it, I promise you this series will change your life of what God wants to do in you. And I love all those who get to watch online, but there's something about being in the room in the atmosphere where revelation's taking place. So I want to encourage you, don't miss these because it's going to be profoundly impactful in your life. When you gave your life to Jesus and you made him the Lord of your life, there was a status change that took place in a blink of an eye. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are what Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians. You are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You are what Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians. Say it again. Don't turn the mic off, please. 
You are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean you don't sin. It simply means because of your faith in Christ, you are now part of the kingdom of God and the penalty for your sin has already been paid. In that status change, there is a lifestyle change. Now you occupy everything that Jesus already did for you. When you make that status change of making Jesus the Lord of your life, you have been given full access to what the kingdom of God says you have access to. God needs us to be kingdom-minded people rather than earthly-minded people. Let me rehash. To be kingdom-minded, you have to understand what the kingdom is. You have to understand how the kingdom functions. We don't understand that in America because we don't operate as a kingdom. But in other parts of the world, there is a kingdom, and the people who live in that kingdom are citizens of that kingdom kingdom. They are not American citizens. They can visit America, but they are not citizens of America. They are citizens of whatever kingdom they were born in. All right. When you are part of a kingdom, you are a citizen of that kingdom. So we can say it this way. Kingdoms have citizens. If you are a kingdom-minded citizen, you will operate according to the kingdom of which you are a citizen of. If you are earthly kingdom-minded, you will operate according to the earthly kingdom standards. But for those who have given their lives to Jesus, there was a status change, and in that status change, there was a lifestyle adjustment that took place. When you go on social media, particularly Facebook, there is a status button. You can click on that button and say, my status is, and you can put single in a relationship, how many of you ever put, it's complicated? <laughs> yeah, don't raise your hands, I don't want to know. By a simple click of a button, you change your status. You know what's really great about that? When you change your status, every one of your friends know your status just got adjusted. When Adrienne and I first started talking in college, we weren't dating, we were just talking, and I went on Facebook and I changed my status to in a relationship with Adrienne. We weren't in a relationship, but I wanted to see how she'd respond. Like, if she called me like, hey, who the heck do you think you are? I knew, bail off, this ain't gonna work. But if, I knew if she would just be like, hey, what was that all about? I'd be like, oh, accident, man. You know, we live in a room full of guys on the dorm. Like, they're always messing with each other's computers and, and clicking on One of the other guys did it, I promise you. But she didn't. She accepted that one. The status changed. And in a moment, everyone knew I was in a relationship with her. When you give your life to Jesus, the status changes. But do all of your friends know that there's a change? Do they know that you're a believer? Can they see the difference in you? But there is a status change that every person must choose to make. And that status change is saying, I am making Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm in a relationship. When you make that status change, you are born again. You are no longer representing the earthly satanic kingdom that you were born into. When you are born again, you now represent the kingdom 
of heaven. When you are born in a country, you are a citizen of that country. If I was born in Europe, I would be a citizen of Europe. If I am born in the U.S., I am an American citizen. That is why the Bible tells us that we need to be saved. We must be born again. Why? Because when you were born on this earth, you were born in a satanic kingdom because the devil has dominion on this earth. How do we know that the devil has dominion? Just wake up. Open your eyes. But Satan tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, and he said this. All the kingdoms of the earth I will give to you. Jesus did not tell Satan that he didn't have the right to give those to him. Jesus acknowledged the fact that Satan had dominion on earth. So since we are born of a satanic kingdom, we are born as citizens of this satanic kingdom. If we want to be a citizen of a different country, I have a process that I must go through. That process for the kingdom of heaven is to give your life to Jesus Christ and you will be born again. I need to be born again, but in the proper kingdom, so I can become a citizen of what that kingdom has to offer for me. If you are not born of that kingdom, you do not have the same rights as someone who was born of that kingdom. Jessica, is she here? She's with the kid. Jessica, many of you know Jessica, Jake, our normal drummer, and Jessica, his wife. She was born in Mexico. She just a few weeks ago got her green card to become an American citizen. While she was here, uh, she did not have the proper documents at first. And because she didn't have those, she couldn't drive. She couldn't get a job. There were many things that she could not do because she was not a legal citizen of the U.S. In the kingdom of heaven, there is no such thing as dual citizenship. What Jessica is going to have to do is whenever her green card processes, she has to go down to, I think, Oklahoma City to, the, to some building down there, and she has to verbally denounce her Mexico citizenship. She is no longer a citizen of Mexico if she wants to be a citizen of America because America does not offer dual citizenship. Heaven does not offer dual citizenship. In order for you to have the benefits of what heaven has, you've got to verbally denounce the citizenship of the kingdom that you were born in, and that is a satanic, demonic, earthly kingdom. If I were to go jump on a plane and go to Europe right now, I would be denied entry and they would tell me, I don't have access. But if I were to go and get a passport and go through the process, I would be able to go in as a tourist. Even though I have the right to be there as a tourist, I still don't have access to what Europe has to offer because I'm not a European citizen. You, you guys got to run with me on this one because I'm about to rock your socks off. When you are a citizen of a particular kingdom, you have rights that non-citizens do not have. Let me spiritualize this for those of you who don't understand all of this. There are laws and principles that God has put into place. You reap what you sow, seed time and harvest. Anyone can have access to those laws. You don't have to be a saved believer to have access to certain laws that are in place. I know a pastor in California who has employees that, are, uh, uh, that work for Facebook. They can come and write a $10,000 a month check to the, to the church and Facebook will match that $10,000 check as many 
times. There are just laws that God has put into place. If you're a believer or non-believer, the laws will work for you. All people have access to certain spiritual laws. I'm going to get more into this later, but uh, <laughs> golly. Um, in two weeks, I'm going to get into that, and you guys, oh man, okay. Uh, when, when I go to Europe, I get to benefit from some things, but not all things. Non-believers get to benefit from some heavenly things, but not all things. Are you following me? Are you following me? When you give your life to Jesus, you are born again, and you now have access to all things that the kingdom of God has for you. You have been given full access, not limited. Before you are saved, you have limited access to godly principles and laws that will work. After you are born again, you have full access to everything that God has in store for you, your family, and everyone your sphere of influence touches. Remember, we talked about in our last series, your limited knowledge is what keeps you from accessing everything that's been made available to you. You remember that? That would have been a good way to get a t-shirt while ago. But all the features of heaven are available to you just because you have not learned to use them yet does not mean you don't have access to them. This is why you see some people who are just gifted to make money. You say, God, why in the world did this, this heathen make so much money because there are laws and principles that God will not go against because they are his laws he put in place. Those laws don't understand who processed that law. Oh, because there's doors, windows, and gates that, oh, oh be here in two weeks. There, there, oh, write this down, D doors, windows, and gates. You have certain access to go through a door and the door doesn't know if, if it's you or if it's someone else. There are access to heaven, oh, oh God, there, my mind's going in a million directions right now because there's so much to this. Um, there are principles of the Bible that anyone can, can apply and they're gonna work. That is just the mercy and the grace and the love of our God. But do non-believers have full access? Absolutely not. Your citizenship if you are a believer, is in the kingdom of God. So if you are part of this heavenly kingdom, what does that look like for us? As being citizens of the kingdom of God, this is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You are an ambassador on the earth. Say it again. You are an ambassador on the earth. Say it again. You are an ambassador on the earth. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is one who doesn't offer their personal opinion. An ambassador in their truest form is a person who goes into a different culture and does not speak his mind, but speaks the mind of the culture of the kingdom that sent him. You simply go into a discussion and you give the opinion of your government, not your personal opinion. Since you are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, you are living in an earthly experience. It is our duty to speak not our personal opinion, but in our truest form. Come on, guys. To speak the mind of the culture of which kingdom that we were sent from. We talked two weeks ago about culture. Our culture is who we are. It is what defines us, it is how we speak, it's how we believe, it's what we believe, how we act. Our culture is what puts parameters upon our life. If we are in and of the culture of the kingdom of heaven, what parameters have you just put on your life by being a part of that kingdom? If you are of this heavenly culture, you begin to walk in the fruits of the spirit, which we'll be doing a series on next year. As ambassadors of the kingdom, 
We now have a responsibility to live and breathe and talk and abide and purpose our lives to have the parameters of the fruits of the Spirit. Anything outside of that is not kingdom-minded. Heavenly kingdom-minded people understand they are born of God, not of flesh. All right, I'm starting to sweat. Okay. You were once born of the flesh, but when you said yes to Jesus, you made a status change. Isn't that right? You were born of God now. So let me ask you this. How many of you are ambassadors for Christ? How many of you want to be heavenly minded more than earthly minded? How many of you don't know if you're an ambassador for Christ? Okay. As an ambassador... There has to be a group of people who stand up and say, what is the heavenly kingdom culture in this situation? Remember I said a while ago what an ambassador does. It speaks in its truest form on behalf of the culture it comes from, not their personal opinion. So I am not interested in what the earthly, the, what the earthly culture defines as. I am interested in what my identity in Christ says who I am. I am not interested in fighting the battles of worldly cultural wars. I'm about to step on toes and I don't even care. He, me, we, she. My Jesus already won the battle of the cultural war, so therefore as ambassadors, the only opinion that I have to be able to offer is what does the kingdom of God's culture look like in this situation? I am sick and tired of Christians accepting earthly, satanic principles and saying we are doing it in the name of love, when in reality, we have to look at what the culture of the kingdom of heaven looks like, and that is our only standard. We have... We are to love the sinner, not the sin. Nowhere in the Bible did Jesus accept sin. He said, go and sin no more. In fact, seven different times, instances when Jesus personally calls someone a sinner, the, the person is in direct correlation of speaking against the kingdom. So whenever you have people who are culturally are pushing an agenda that does not line up with scripture, they are speaking directly against the kingdom and Jesus calls those people sinners. As ambassadors, my personal opinion is of zero value. The only opinion that matters is what does the Bible say? Anything outside of that is irrelevant in a cultural war that I'm not going to swing at. I mentioned it earlier that Satan is working overtime to create cultural wars that have no spoils. Get everyone interested in things that don't matter. Get everyone interested in things that create division. Get everyone interested in things that, where, they're personal, where they think their personal life is more important than God's opinion. In fact, why don't you just let me create an entire social media platform that gives a voice to an agenda, and if I can give it a voice to the agenda, the entire denomination of Christianity will self-implode because I give them a voice where they think their opinion becomes important. Am I mad yet? Do you see where I'm getting this from? What should I do with my money my personal opinion doesn't matter what does the kingdom of god say to do with it as ambassadors when i get a bad report from the doctor my personal opinion is irrelevant what does the kingdom of god say about my health what should i do 
about the person that is throwing me under the bus at work. I want to take him out back and have a little discussion. But my personal opinion is irrelevant. What does the kingdom of God say about this? I don't feel like waking up and going to church. Where's Dodie? He's not here. I didn't call you out, but I just did. My personal opinion on the matter is irrelevant. What does the Bible say that I am to do? Get your hiney in church. I know it's in there. It's scriptural, word for word. <laughs> oh, they sang a song at church, and I just didn't like that song. My personal opinion is irrelevant. You come to church to worship the Lord, and your personal feelings are out of the equation. Next week, I'm going to sing a song on purpose you don't like. Oh, that church talks in tongues. That, that happened, that died when the apostles died. That can't be today. Well, what does the kingdom of God say about it? So your personal opinion on the matter is irrelevant. Oh, if you don't know, we are a church that speaks in tongues. Your church believes in, in someone actually getting healed, like and you prayed for them and you actually thought it was going to happen? Well, I'll be. I've never seen that done. Guess what? You've probably never seen a million dollars in cash either. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So what happens is if the Bible says it, that finalizes my opinion is out of the equation because I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God and what the word of God says is the only opinion that matters. All right. There was a man by the name of John G. Lake. Anybody ever heard of him in the early 30s? Yeah, okay. Then this guy was a minister who lived in Spokane, Washington. The U.S. government declared Spokane, Washington to be the healthiest city in America. John G. Lake would walk into a hospital, and whenever he came out, there would be zero patients left in the hospital, no matter what ailment was taking place. One man learned how to access everything that the kingdom of God had for him, and he walked in it. You have the ability to walk in everything that heaven has for you. But the problem is, <laughs> you don't think you can. You don't think that God wants more for you than you want for yourself. Mom uh, said a word of knowledge a while ago. There is more for you than you want for yourself. Quit living the defeated, lowest mentality life because that's where the problem's at. You gotta start seeing your God as bigger than anything you can ask, think, or imagine. If I want the kingdom of God to come into my life, I must recognize if I am a believer, I have full access to the kingdom. And as an ambassador of the kingdom, the only way I can live my life is to operate day by day by day, is to walk in what the kingdom says that I can walk in, to live the way the kingdom says I can live, to have what the kingdom says I can have, to be what the kingdom says I am to be. It is time, Pathway Church, for the kingdom of God to become a reality for every single one of the people that call this place home. We are to live our lives intentionally, and we walk in the full measure of what God has given to us in heaven already. Kingdom come and the reality of heaven is my reality. The reality of heaven is my reality. Before we dismiss today, I want to ask you, is there anyone in here who does not want full access to God?
Is there anyone in here who, we're going to do this a different way. If you wouldn't mind, close your eyes, bow your heads. Altar. If you can sit there and honestly tell me you've never changed the status of your relationship with God, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. You have access to everything that the kingdom has available to you, but there must be a status change. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not even going to call you up to the front. But if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to say, I want to be born a kingdom of heaven citizen, now's your moment. Now's your opportunity. If you've never made that status change, I want you to look at me real quick. Thank you. One more time. If you've never made that status change, look at me just real quick. Look back down. All right. We're going to say a prayer, and you're about to have a status change to that one who looked at me. Thank you. But I want you to say this prayer with everything that's in your heart. But I want you to say it out loud. To denounce her citizenship, she had to verbally say and denounce who she once was so that she could become who she was destined to be. So I want everyone in here to repeat this after me out loud. Lord Jesus, I denounce being a sinner. I need you, Jesus, to save me today. I acknowledge you died on the cross for my sins, and you rose again for my salvation. So today, I give my life to you. In your name, Jesus. Father God, right now, for every single person who prayed that prayer, watching online or in this room, and you meant it with everything that you had, thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for giving us a status change. Thank you for moving in our hearts. And I pray, God, that our journey starts today to become fully devoted disciple. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said Thank you for tuning in today. The most important decision you can make is making Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that because we are born into sin, there needs to be a blood sacrifice to redeem us from the curse that that sin brought us into when we were all born. God wanted to give you the opportunity to live in eternity with him. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to be that blood sacrifice for you and I. You can choose to make Jesus the Lord of your life and choose heaven, or you can choose to make this sinful world we live in your standard of living and make hell the only option. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, we want to give you that opportunity right now. All you have to do is repeat these words after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess my sins and I repent of those sins. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me 
a fully devoted disciple. If you just prayed that prayer, then you are saved. Congratulations on making that life-changing decision. Now is the next step. You need to start reading your Bible and get into a good Bible-believing church. You will find other people who've made the same decision that you just did, and you will help each other grow to become all that God has called you to be. If you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that I am praying for you, that I am for you, but I need to know about it. If you would go to pathwaychurchok.com, that is pathwaychurchok, just the letters O and K, dot com, send us a message and let us know you prayed that prayer, and we'll send you some free resources to help you start your journey with Christ that you just started today. Thank you again for tuning in. Congratulations once again. We'll see you next time right here.